What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. Another edition of the Fantasy Alarm NASCAR DFS podcast. I'm Dan Malin, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Sells. He's the uh, FSWA two-time NASCAR Writer of the Year. We're previewing Texas this week, and Texas is a little bit boring, not to mention it's also the all-star race, so that's an even bigger boner. Matt, how you doing? Oh, not doing too bad. It's kind of... Like a half week. I feel like I'm DHing this week, right? Like in baseball, they give a guy a chance to DH so he gets a half a day off. Yeah. Right? That's kind of what I feel like here because there's no actual, like, it's, it's almost like race. it's your Sunday and it's like your routine day off, but you're required to, like, come in and pinch hit. Right. So um, while there is a truck race and there is an Xfinity race, there is not a cup race that actually pays points. It's the all star race, so it's like a half a field. And it's a convoluted set of rules that we'll get to shortly. So I'll have a write-up, but that's about it. Don't expect it's impossible to make projections for this. And we'll get into why later. Um, there's not going to be any core plays. There's no track breakdown, no rankings. So it'll. I'll have a write-up. Don't you fret. It will all be available over at DFS Alarm. If you've noticed, our site has changed this week. Uh, that's the spoiler that we mentioned last week. The changes that were happening. Spoiler alert! That's what happened. Uh, we split the site uh, into basically three sites, right? So, uh, major redesign. I was. I don't want to talk about how many hours I worked the last three weeks with the tech squad, with the tech team, uh, pulling <laughs> that one off. But yeah, uh, it's kind of nice to have only partial NASCAR stuff to do this week. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a well-deserved kind of sort of week off for you um given given what's going on with the all-star race this weekend we will dive into uh the details of it we will probably try and talk a little more about the truck and xfinity slits have you looked at them very closely uh not too too close i know that there's some key cup guys that are taking essentially their pseudo off weekend to go do truck and uh, right. Xfinity races. So we've got Chase Elliott in the uh, truck race, which DK mispriced, I believe. Um, Horrendously. Yeah, because he can. He doesn't even have to make it. He barely has to make it into the top 10, and he hits value, basically. Right. So that's that's a problem. Um, and then we have KB54, or as he's known in the cup side, KB18, is in the Xfinity uh, series. Running the car that Ty Gibbs, I believe, has taken to, uh, has made look superhuman <laughs> this year. Yeah. So Ty Gibbs took it to victory lane uh, twice. Twice now? Yeah, I think, I think it's and twice. And then uh, Kyle Busch, yeah, and then uh, Kyle Busch took it to victory lane for, was it, it wasn't Coda, was it? Uh, yeah, I think he was, was in that car for Coda. Yeah, and he dominated with 24 fastest laps and 35 laps led, so. Yeah. He's no stranger, priced up to 14500 which is right about what I expected, but we'll we'll preview those races shortly. Uh, we do have some news regarding the packages that will be run for Daytona and Talladega, so I'll let you break that down. Yeah, um, and I believe is the package i have to refresh my memory on the package on the all-star race are they trying to do i don't know if it's the normal 550 package uh this I, week for the for the all-star I, I seem to remember that not being the standard package this week to try to spruce up texas i believe um we'll double check on that and for sure have it in the write-up but um yeah. yeah this this week i think um like yesterday or earlier this morning um 
NASCAR announced that they're basically taking horsepower, aka speed, out of the cars uh, for Daytona and Talladega. They're taking some of the horsepower. So they're going to be running between 470 and 480 horsepower there now. Uh, they had been just below 550 previously. I think it was down to like maybe 510. Uh, they're doing this because then you can take another 5 to 7 miles an hour out of the cars um, and theoretically make them safer. But you're still going to have a massive pack of cars driving together at the same speed at the two biggest tracks in NASCAR. I'm not sure 5 miles an hour is going to make that big of a difference at 200 miles an hour. Right, like at Daytona, they're still routinely hitting 193. So now it's going to be 188. I don't, I don't think that's going to make that big. Like the differences in g-forces and what happens to the cars at that speed, I don't really think is that big of a difference. Um, also, you kind of bring a little bit more of the backmarker cars back into play, right? If you're going a little slower, the guys that already go slower are now closer to the back of the pack. So. I don't know. I'm a little confused by this. I know there was a lot of uh, driver talk after the Talladega race and Daytona. There was like, we can't keep driving like this. And then it turns out it's the same two dudes who block. They complain about blocking and start all the stuff. And they complain, hey, we can't drive like this. Well, it's you two that are starting it. So, um, I don't know. I was a little confused by, but by that change, really. All right. Well. Without further ado, this is probably being a shorter podcast. You want to break down the trucks a little bit with me? Uh, yeah, sure. We can talk. And there was some uh, news right today that broke about the trucks. Uh, Jack Wood. Uh, yeah. I don't. Did I pin that in the Discord? Uh, he's getting a full time ride. He's getting a full time ride with GMS. Now uh, is he a Wood like Wood? brothers like is he a relation? i don't believe so no because i think jack wood is from california and the wood brothers okay. are based in west yes. virginia yeah the wood brothers are based in martinsville virginia so um but jack wood is getting a full-time uh truck race ride uh per se uh starting next week in nashville he's stepping into the 24 uh this gives them i think five trucks at the it'll give them five full-time trucks the rest of the way, Chase Birdie's in the 23, and he, he's doing nothing with it on a weekly basis. Um, Jack Wood stepped in a couple weeks ago for Charlotte, had a decent run. I want to say he started outside the top 30 and moved into the top 25. Decent showing. I'm actually, I was, I mentioned this in in our brand new uh, shiny Discord earlier. He's had some decent runs at ARCA. I've personally never really. Um, been watching him specifically when i've watched arca races i'm usually watching ty gibbs or um who's the guy uh, like Corey haim or haim or something like that yeah um so jack wood you know a couple top tens he's when he's racing in fields of you know 17 to 20 drivers but he had a decent showing at charlotte so starting next week at nashville uh he will be running full-time the rest of the season with gms racing but we are at texas uh cookie cutter mile and a half track very similar to what Charlotte and Kansas would you say? Um, in shape, it's almost identical to Charlotte and Atlanta because they're all quad ovals. Um, I would say in terms of tire wear, it's not nearly as severe as Atlanta, but it's a little bit more than Charlotte. Um, it used to be the fastest track, fastest mile and a half track, uh, 
on the circuit, but it's I don't think it's quite that anymore. Um, it's also I think the banking is two different two different bankings in turn one turns one and two and three and four because they redid it several years ago to try to make it better and nothing's improved the racing at Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, except for when Kyle Larson's car caught fire uh, a few years ago in turn two, uh, that that's spiced up the race a little bit. Right. Although I mean, last year's fall cup race with um, or spring cup race, whichever one Austin Dillon won, that was pretty exciting. That was the fall race. Yeah, because Kyle Busch won the, the no. first one. No, Kyle Busch won the Kyle fall Bush race. Won the fall race. Austin Dillon, Austin won, Dillon won the first one, and Tyler Reddick almost <clears throat> almost beat Austin Dillon. But yeah, in uh, general, they're kind of snooze fests. Uh, but uh, for the Truck Series race, running Saturday afternoon, uh, also uh, Xfinity and Truck Playbooks will probably be up Friday night, late Friday night, early Saturday morning. But either way, Chase Elliott, starting P22, <clears throat> and he's 11,800. He can finish seventh with a few fastest laps and still hit value. I think if he only leads like the last lap and somehow wins the race, he's instantly giving you 6x value. I don't really know what the hell DK thought they, they were doing. If you're going to price up Kyle Busch at least 14000 15000 when he races in the truck series, you should have given the same treatment to Chase Elliott, especially when he's starting outside the top 20. Yeah, also consider the fact that Chase Elliott went down to the trucks last year and beat Kyle Busch to win the bounty mm-hmm. when nobody else would be able to beat Kyle Busch. So... It is a little weird to see Chase Elliott under 12K starting outside the top 20. Um, it's just, I mean, even if it's mediocre equipment, you're talking about a champion cup driver going down to, uh, you know, it's like when Jacob deGrom went down to high A for his rehab start and just beat the bejesus out of the, the Cardinals high A team, and they were like, this isn't fair. Yeah, that's the same thing that's about to happen. <laughs> like, I, I don't get the price. What do you think ownership ownership should be probably 95 to 100% in cash games, right? Probably, because nobody's going to want to play that strongly in the Cup Series, so everybody's going to want their Chase Elliott fix. Yeah. And it's not like he has to do that much to hit value. So, yeah, he's going to be – because here's the thing with with chalk and NASCAR, right? We, we talk about good chalk and bad chalk. Chase Elliott's good chalk, right? Because even if he doesn't hit value, he's going to be so highly owned that everybody misses the boat. And even if, let's say, even if he's only played in 70%, right? Well, okay, let's say he doesn't do what we expect him to do. So 30% of the field has a jump on you. That means you can still compete and hit the money line pretty easily if the other guys in your lineup do what you're wanting to do. So, yeah, he's he's essentially a lock, a must-play at this point. All right, let's uh, talk about John Hunter Nemechek, priced appropriately, probably at $10,900. Now, he has been an absolute animal uh, on mile-and-a-half tracks. He won at Vegas. Uh, he won at Charlotte just a couple weeks ago. In his wins at Vegas and Charlotte, he led at least 70 laps in each race. He has been phenomenal on these mile-and-a-half tracks. He finished third at Atlanta, uh, got another top five at Kansas. Um, these are his bread and butter. Um He's he's been very good at mile and a half throughout his uh, truck and Xfinity career. So if you, it's it's tough to play him in cash games starting from the pole, but I'm also not necessarily opposed to it, um, especially if you are are already playing Chase. But I mean, there are so many plays in this slate that offer PD. Like you can easily play 
Chase and Creed together. You could play Chase and Ross Chastain together. So for the most part, I'm relegating John Hunter Nemechek to GPP builds, but I'm if I'm doing 20 happy lineup, happy hour lineups. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek is still probably going to crack 40% of them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you don't go with John Hunter. I mean, like you said, the guy's been a flipping beast at these at these tracks. He's averaging his his average DK salary this year is like 10-2. And mm-hmm. he's averaging 52.3 points a race. And that includes a negative 35-point showing. So think about that. His average is 52 points a week. And that includes one of negative 35 points. <laughs> if that's even zero, he's averaging like 60 points a week and easily hitting 6x value. So, yeah. <clears throat> it's But like Dan said, there's, you know, I don't get the need to play him in cash because he's starting on the pole. Um, you can, but he's probably best reserved for GPPs. All right. Uh, we're going down. Sheldon Creed, 10,500, starting P16. Very well in play. Um, <clears throat> there's nothing I can really, bad I can really say about Sheldon Creed. I mean, obviously, uh, the race at Charlotte a couple weeks ago didn't go his way. He started on the front row and uh, probably, I, mean, I think he wrecked out. But Ross Chastain... Another cup driver, the Watermelon Man, coming uh, to the truck series. Uh, I'm going to assume he's in a Nice Motorsports truck. I will confirm. I don't have that information right in front of me, and I'm not going to bore you with an awkward silence. Uh, But he's starting P24, offering more PD, and he's cheaper than Chase in two mile-and-a-half truck series races this year. Uh, He started 40th at Atlanta, finished 7th. He started 34th at Kansas and finished as the runner-up while leading six laps. Uh, it seems like Ross Chastain is probably a very good leverage play and will carry significant, significantly less ownership than Chase Elliott, albeit he'll, he will still be very popular. Yeah, I mean, he's also in the running for the fan vote for the Cup Series All-Star race, too, apparently. Mm. Um, so... You know, I'm sure he wants to put on a show and impress people. In his few cup uh, truck races, he's absolutely put on a show. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would, you know, if you don't want to pay the Chase Elliott premium and you want to save some money to build, you know, maybe get one other higher-priced dude, Chastain would be the play over Chase. But still probably going to go with Chase Elliott over Chastain. Yeah, and if you're looking for other PD players on this slate, uh, Josh Berry is 8,400 starting P33. Johnny Sauter, I just... I, I was just going to ask you about um, Josh Berry, actually. Because his on. price seems to have really jumped since the last time he was in the truck race. Um, so, I'm trying to DK, see what equipment he's in for the truck race. DK has his price, if I'm not mistaken, at $8,400 this week. And the last time he was in a truck race, which was in the middle of March, they had a salary at $4,900. Well, that was in March, you said? Yeah. So I'm guessing they're probably going to bump it up because back in March, he was running well at Xfinity, but he I don't think he had gotten the win... I think he got the win at Martinsville. God, I'm such a terrible host right now. Yes, he did get the win at Martinsville. 
Um, no, and, I don't remember what date that was. And since then, like, yeah, the secret's kind of out on Josh Berry. And like, he was in good equipment with Motorsports to begin with. So uh, according to the entry list uh, for NASCAR, he is in the 25 truck for Rackley WAR. Um, <laughs> I'm not overly familiar with this team. I don't necessarily know how good the equipment is. Uh, we'll have to do some digging on that. But I will say, uh, in uh, it might have been last week's race at uh, Mid Ohio. Barry had a very very strong showing. Um, in yes, I think he was in the thirty one car for Xfinity. He wasn't in his normal eight car. Uh, Miguel Paludo was in that ride, and Barry yep. still had a pretty decent showing um, <clears throat> and logged a pretty good win. So. Regardless of the equipment, uh, this is a pretty solid price tag for Josh Berry. And if you can somehow build a lineup that has Elliott, Chastain, and Berry in cash, I think you could probably feel pretty good about that one hitting in a 50-50. Yeah, I mean, you've got PD Galore in there. you got two dudes who you know have a really good shot at moving up. And then Berry, who you're just hoping his, you know, uh, Cinderella ride isn't over yet. Uh, you uh, texted me about this next driver earlier in the week, Brennan Poole, 7,000, uh, starting P27. Uh, did you have any additional notes? You seemed pretty intrigued by him. I'm probably going to get some exposure. Be silly not to. No, it's just he, he's a guy that's been around. He's never really had monstrous success, but he's mm -hmm. been a pretty solid driver he's an experienced guy it's not like they're pulling some guy up from orca who doesn't know what the heck he's doing right. um i mean brennan pools if i'm not mistaken has some cup races under his belt um he certainly has xfinity races under his belt mm -hmm. um so you know he's kind of like um and i'm now blanking on his name but the guy works for nbc but he's he also races. He's a he's like a super sub. Uh, Kligerman. Parker Kligerman. Uh, um, this guy's kind of like a super sub, but not quite to Kligerman's level. So he should be able to move up um, pretty decently. Um, you know, the price, 7000 Pretty reasonable, I would say. Um, if you have reservations about Barry being 8400 bucks, you could go to pool and get basically the same PD and save yourself about 1400 bucks. Gotcha. Uh, what do you think the approach should be with Haley Deegan this week? She starts high once again. She is starting P12. Uh, in her last couple of races, she was 13th at Charlotte. Uh, she actually moved up 14 spots and grabbed a, grabbed a top 15 at Coda a couple weeks back. And she started 20th and finished 13th at Kansas uh, a little over a month ago. So, she seems to be doing pretty well on mile and a half, but at the same time, we're probably we are limiting her to just GPPs. And I've been off her lately, but they aren't really budging the price tag on her. She's still only sixty four hundred, and I'd be fine even if she kind of like result just gave us another thirteenth place finish at a mile and a half because she's shown to be pretty comfortable here. And if this is a boring, if this turns out to be a pretty boring race and she can just hold position, I'd love to get a little exposure in a GPP. Yeah, I agree. I mean, last week, same price, same starting position. <clears throat> finished 13th at four fastest laps. Almost 31 fantasy points, so... She's looking more and more comfortable in the ride as the weeks go by, too. That's true, which we kind of expected, right? It was going to be a jump for her. Um, 
and keep in mind, you know, there's still no practice for most of these truck races. So if she hasn't seen a place before, you know, there's some adjustment period coming. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with her. She's stayed around that same price point. So she can, yeah, I mean, she's got six straight top 20 finishes coming in and three of her last four races have been, she's either finished 13th or 14th. So, you know, the, I think the and here's the, the thing: if you're gonna go fit ahead. Chase in there, you're gonna need somebody in this price point, right? Mm-hmm. So, why not take take a shot at Haley Deegan, who's got an outside shot at a top ten, right? If she moves up a couple of spots, she's in the top ten. If she holds serve, she basically hits value if she can get a couple of fastest laps. So, it's worth it's worth the play because I think she'll go overlooked. Um, because I don't think people have been paying attention to the fact that she's been turning out better showings recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some a little bit more intriguing plays as we've gone over um, in the field, too. Uh, one last value play that I want to talk about, and I will have a full write-up with, with other plays as well. Uh, Tyler Hill is stepping into the 56 truck, I believe, on Saturday afternoon. Um and last year at Texas, he started 16th and actually managed to move up five spots and finish 11th. Uh, he didn't have the greatest showing earlier this year at Vegas in his, his only other uh, truck series race when he stepped in for uh, Timmy Hill. He started 25th and finished 35th then. But for $5,900, he's, he's lending himself to some PD. Um, just needs to move up a few spots and, and hopefully crack the top 20. And, and he can be a pretty decent value play over there as well. Now we'll turn our attention to the uh, Xfinity Series race. This is very interesting because it is a Kyle Busch race, which kind of sucks the fun out of a lot of, of, of a lot of the contests. Um, for this one, you can go. You can easily go with Kyle Busch and Cash. Uh, he, he can hands down win this with ease. Um, but he's going to be starting P14. He's in the 54 star car. This car has found its way to uh, victory lane plenty of times. Um, my what I'm curious with is I'm, I want to know how many people probably try to squeeze Kyle Busch and Noah Gragson into a lineup together because if you do that for your remaining four drivers you have twenty four thousand dollars left and I can't imagine you're building a lineup that you absolutely love. Uh, you're gonna have to fall in love with Alex uh, LeBay there. I think fifty three hundred bucks starting P ten might be the might be the solution if you're doing that. Um, but yeah, Gragson starting thirtieth. With his wreckers or checkers attitude, um, this is a track where typically the high line can work here, um, especially if they put the PJ one on the track. Um, so, you know, it's Holy is it crap, possible? <laughs> is it possible to build a lineup with those two? You can do Kyle Busch, Noah Gregson. In between, and so Bush is starting P14, Gregson's starting P30, and then you can go LeBay, uh, who you can you can deal with it because he's only 5300 and he's probably going to go backwards. But you can right, also probably in, I just I was literally just scrolling and found a guy that's starting in the top 10 for that cheap. So well, that's fine, but you can also go to Jeremy Clements starting P20, and then uh, Tanner Berryhill, who's in the 23 car for our Motorsports, which he. Drove from 36 to 21st uh, over a month ago, and then you're left with 4,600 bucks. So you could have to play either Jade Buford starting P13 or Ryan Vargas starting P15. 
Not not all that appealing, although I will say that in the last few races, Buford's managed to move up a few spots a race, right? Is he going to do that this time starting this high? I don't think so. But can he hold serve? Maybe. Yeah. At 4600 bucks, he's got room to go backwards a little bit. And still <clears throat> value, so, you know, not ideal, but, I mean, last week he did... You know, yes, it was a road course, obviously, but started 19th, finished 13th. The overall issue with this whole strategy is that ultimately Noah Gragson has struggled just to simply finish races this year. Right. Um, and I understand and it's a lot more records than Jeff. Yeah. What happened to him in Miami was purely bad, bad, bad luck. He was he was running away with a, a win. Uh David Starr uh, blows a gets a flat and goes up the track and into Noah Gragson and wrecks him. Um, he was easily going to win that race. And so he's due for a win. Uh, but more people are going to probably eat the Kyle Busch truck just because he probably has more upside than he's overall. Probably a better ceiling and floor. Uh, now, here's here's a question for you. Go ahead. Would you eat the 1300 bucks and go with Josh Berry? So like, Kyle would you Bush save... No, Josh instead Bush. of... Yeah, Kyle Busch and Josh Berry instead of, like, swap out... Gragson for Barry because they're starting two spots apart from each other, but Barry's thirteen hundred bucks cheaper. Yeah, easily. Um, because with Barry, you could also you can fit Tommy Joe Martins. Uh, Assuming he finishes. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Tommy, <laughs> Tommy Joe Martins' PD is is wildly tempting, but at the same time, it's like you hey, know, Daniel Hemrick's only ninety one hundred bucks. Where's he starting? P five. Yeah. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Right, right next to uh, Austin Sindrick, who's like two grand more than Daniel Hemmer. See, what I love about the truck and Xfinity races this week is that the prices are there's there are so many PD plays in each race and so many ways you can go about constructing your lineups. Now I know in the truck series race, anyone that tries to pair, you know, um, Chase and Chastain or uh, even Chase Creed or Creed Chastain, you're gonna land on a lot of similar lineups. So you really do have to think about how you can get a little weird and differentiate. Um, <clears throat> Myatt Snyder at 7,500 starting P17 is a guy that I will continue to play just because I know the upside is there. He he won Miami earlier this year. and um, Yeah, three straight finishes outside the top 20. The, the price tag isn't really budging because the results have been so bad. But you have to think, like, eventually he's going to break through it's the Eric Almarola logic that I tried to use last week that worked until it didn't. It's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it has to happen. Like the equipment, he's in Richard Childress equipment, which is some of the it's it's one of the best cars in the Xfinity series. He's starting P17. And so I'm just really praying for a top 10 out of him from here. Uh, scrolling down, Tanner Berryhill, who we touched on. Uh, 7,000 starting P21. He's going to be in play. Uh, I'm mostly just hoping he can get in around 16th or 17th. I don't have incredibly high expectations for him. What, what are you doing with Riley Herbst? Um, probably the same thing I do every week with Riley Herbst in that I don't mention him in the playbook because I want to cover – I've stopped mentioning him in the playbook. Uh, but I still throw him into about two or three lineups – just in case, but at the same time, in a in a race where 
um, Noah Gragson, Harrison Burton, Justin Allgaier, um, even Brett Moffitt and Jeremy Clements, just guys who I have seen more out of this year. When they're offering more PD starting behind him, and I think that they can comfortably move in front of him. Um, and overall, it's a Kyle Busch race, so I don't really know if I want to be playing Riley Herbst. Um, right. It's it's tough because the we know the 98 car that Herbst is in is very good. Uh, Chase Briscoe. Yeah, I mean, Chase, Chase Briscoe dominated it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, Herbst doesn't have a top five in his last five races. Um, and he... He can run well, but at the same time, I feel like he's he's got bad luck. And so, really, when you play Riley Herbst, it's, it's just a, not it's not a question of if, but when something will go wrong for him. Um, I don't really know which value plays I'm looking at yet. I'm tempted to go with Bailey Curry. Uh, I would really need to look into that a little more. I do like the price tag and the starting spot. Uh, Tommy Joe Martin's again six thousand um, starting P thirty six. Uh, this is a guy who can finish in the top 20 easily. Um, and if he does that, he's going to return pretty decent value and he can finish in the top 15 as well. Um, other than that, I don't have a good read on the value plays this week, but there are a lot of ways you can go at the top of the list with Kyle Busch, Gragson, although you need to understand like he struggles to finish races. And again, AJ Gallmendinger's on the pole and he's been pretty good at mile and a half. Right. He could very easily hold off Kyle Busch. Like, that team has been humming. He's been really, really fast. Um, it was a hell of a comeback last week at the road course uh, from, what, 30th with 10 laps to go or something all the way back yeah, to he looked, winning. he looked dead in the water and got it a lucky crush. It I mean, was he a lot. He, he drove himself Brad up to the top five. <laughs> we know who has BK's rabbit foot. Yeah. <laughs> that was... That was amazing. But, yeah, now we're at a mile and a half. He's been really good there, too. So, All right. Be on the lookout for the truck and Xfinity playbooks Friday night into Saturday morning. Matt, let's just briefly touch on the all-star race. Lay out the format, the strategies. I am making three lineups and calling it a week. Yeah, so the cover for this podcast should probably just be the Zach Galifianakis hangover gif <laughs> with all the calculus equations going around his head. Um because that's essentially what it appears NASCAR did when it came up with this format for this race. I don't know why they thought they needed to make it incredibly complex. Maybe because they know Texas needs saving and the racing isn't actually going to be that good. So we got to put a bunch of plot twists in the middle of the race. Um, but yeah, the, the lineup was set by random draw on, I believe they did it Tuesday night. Um, shocker, Kyle Larson won the random draw because, you know, he continues to be undefeated in everything he does in the last two weeks. He literally won a dirt race, then ran the Charlotte 600, won that. Then the Monday, literally the next day after the Coke 600 win, he was dirt racing in Indiana and won that. Then he won a dirt race uh, on the West Coast two days before Sonoma and then went and ran Sonoma and won that. So... Uh, he's literally undefeated in anything he does. And now he's on the pole for the all-star race. So, um, it's going to be a hundred lap race. It's six stages in a hundred laps. So the first four stages are 15 laps apiece. Uh, after the first stage, they invert 
the field by random draw, but <laughs> minimum of eight and maximum of 12. So I don't know if that means only part of the field gets inverted, and I don't know how they slot the guys in. I guess we'll all find out together. Uh, then stage three happens, and they invert for stage three. They invert the entire field. So if you win stage two, you're starting in the back for stage three, and if you dead last in stage two, you're finished. You're starting stage three up front. Then for stage four, they do the same wacky thing they did for stage two, invert kind of sort of part of the field randomly, I guess. I don't know. Then the math comes out, in case you're not confused enough already. For stage five, they add up the average finish positions. They add up all your finish positions for the first four stages, divide by four, and the one who's finished closest to the front of the field starts on the pole for stage five. The one that has the worst finish position starts in the back of the field. Then they run 30 laps for stage five. In there, you have to have a required four-tire pit stop in which the fastest uh, team to do their pit stop wins $100,000. Okay. Finish stage five. Now there's a 10-lap shootout for the all-star win. Stage six. Guess what? No inversion, no nothing. They're just going to line them up as they finished for stage five. Ten laps shootout for a million dollars. Whoever wins the all-star race gets a million dollars. In case that wasn't confusing enough for you, there is also the all-star open, if you are new to this. The all-star open is a 50-lap race that happens before the all-star race. That features everybody who's not already in the all-star race. And that one has three stages. Uh, you can have as many as four. You're going to have basically four drivers get put into the All-Star race about 45 minutes before the All-Star race happens because winner of stage one in the open transfers to the All-Star race and they're done in the open. Winner of stage two in the open uh, makes it to the All-Star race. Then the winner of the actual the last stage the whole open makes it to the all-star race. And then there's a fan vote winner. But if the winner of the fan vote has already made it to the all-star race, then the second place fan vote guy goes. So you're going to have four people get added right before and they get slotted in spots like 18 through 21. I don't know. So just, yeah. we don't even know how to attack it at the moment. There'll be a write up and all that good yeah. stuff, but really like as far as lineup construction goes, it's anyone's guess. Play it like you're going to play Daytona or Talladega. That is to say, very light and anything can happen. Because let's put it this way. Kyle Larson could very well lead the first 15 laps, right? Could very well, assuming that they run the normal mile-and-a-half package, which I don't remember if they're doing that or not. They might be running the, the restrictor play package. I don't remember. Uh, let's just assume Kyle Larson leads all 15 laps in the first stage. Well, then they're going to invert part of the field. Let's... Just take a wild guess that Kyle Larson is one of the ones that gets inverted, and he goes to, like, 20th. Well, here's the thing. You don't then get 19 spots of position differential if he makes it back to the front. You just don't get – you just don't lose 19 spots of PD, right? Like, you get your PD back because wherever he starts the race for stage one is where he's going to be scored from. So if you're going, well, let's just take the guy starting from the back – Okay, but what if they spend the entire race in the back because they don't get inverted? Or they get inverted, but then everybody from the back comes up to the front and they get passed and whatever. So it's 
you're just going to want to throw drivers at the wall, see what sticks, and play it very light, and enjoy watching somebody try to compete for a million dollars. And for the record, no cash games this week. No. Don't don't even ask me about cash games. I will not answer the question. <laughs> uh, I don't mean to be blunt, but like, did you just hear the description that I gave for how the race <laughs> is going to work? <laughs> it's not going to... There's no way we can go cash games. The race is only 100 laps, so it's not like you're banking on, oh, Kyle Larson can stay up front and lead him. Then, you know, okay, great, but probably not going to happen. Can he get back to the front from any position? Probably. But, like, who knows? (laughs) Right? Because also Kyle Larson at Texas has a nasty history. He either finishes or he blows the car up. Like, literally catches fire. I was in the stands one time when he did it. It was right in turn two. So, <laughs> I mean. Uh, yeah, see, I'm struggling with it only because, like, given the format and it's a GPP-only weekend, I'm only going to do three lineups just because this isn't – I'm not going to blow my bankroll on Texas or, or an all-star race. Yeah, they'll be back in Texas in, like, two and a half, two or three weeks anyway for an actual point <clears> bank race. Um. Anyway, there any... if you notice on DraftKings and you see the cup guys, the there are there are drivers that do not have starting spots listed. They are in the open. So to clarify, the all-star race field is set by drivers who have won points paying races basically since 2020, right? So 2020, 2021 race winners. Former all-star race winners pull. Uh, winners and know if you were placed on the poll by the formula that does not count as actually winning the poll. We're only talking about the races where qualifying actually happened. Um, and then there's the open winners and the fan vote. So that's basically how the field is set. So on DraftKings, you will see guys that do not have starting spots yet. That's because they pick and choose guys they assume are going to make it from the open into the all-star race, so they put prices in. Uh, FanDuel won't have those drivers listed. They'll only have the guy starting in the race. But when the driver makes it from the open to the all-star race, they have in the past added them to the driver pool if you are interested. So, um, And by the way, Ryan Newman starting like 17th, $4,000 on FanDuel, so have fun. Just saying. Like, it's ludicrous how the pricing works on, on FanDuel. Even yeah. in a 17 It's definitely a good week for, like, three entry max contests. They still, like I'm not they, even going to bother with the happy hour or anything like that. They still managed to go from <clears throat> five to $4,000 in a 17-car field on FanDuel. So I, I really don't, <laughs> I don't know how the salaries are calculated. That's yeah. also where the Zach Galifianakis gift comes in. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Uh, th- that was pretty straightforward. Um, I don't know how else we could possibly try to encourage people to go light this week. Yeah, I mean, we'll be in the Discord chat for sure. Make sure you have the DFS server for the the DFS alarm server for the Discord chat because that's where you'll find us. We'll be there. If you haven't used it before, it's quite a lot better than the iChat. We can actually respond to you and tag you in your question. So it's easy to keep track of all the questions you have. Um, the write-up will be out some point Saturday. Um, and no, I probably won't make updates once the Open happens. 
I'll just be in chat telling you. Uh, Tyler Reddick, though, look for him. He's sneaky guy to make the uh, all-star races on the pole in the open. That guy finished second here last year. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you this weekend, uh, whether you're playing truck in Xfinity or if you're just dabbling with the all-star race. So best of luck to you and best of luck to the FA Nation. Best of luck, FA Nation.